podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Extra podcast here at the Vitality Stadium in Bournemouth. The Palace have drawn 2 2 with Bournemouth. This pod is sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography. For professional unique photography of weddings and more, go to mirandadanephotography.co.uk. And I'm joined by Selzy. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. Enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, we've got a very special guest on. Someone that's literally just played in the game. It's Bournemouth keeper, Asmir Begovic. Asmir, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. So, we'll, we'll, we'll go to you first. Was that a fair result, do you think, today? 2-2? Two, two? Um, yeah, probably in the end, I think, fair result. I think two, two open teams, two teams going forward, especially once we went down. We went uh, to try and get a result, obviously being at home, and, you know, left ourselves open a couple of times, but... Um, I think a fair result, you know, two good teams, two open teams, attacking teams going at it, and I think a fair result. And this man to your left, Adam, made a big save from PVA at 1-0. That goes in, different game. I'm a bit annoyed with him, to be honest. He got in the way of a few too many in the second <laughs> half, didn't he? Um, actually, I thought that's where we lost the game, because at 1-0, as they were pushing, one pass, we were in on the goal two, three, four times, numerous chances really to put the game to bed and perhaps if we'd have extended the lead that would have been that but we left the door ajar both times and uh, you know what's happening when that happens don't you you know what's coming your way yeah and you guys score a lot of late goals Asmir don't you is yeah. there a particular reason for that yeah no I, I just think we have um, we have a certain mentality certain character as never say die attitude that's instilled within the club from, um, from top to bottom and we never know when we're beaten, and I think that's that's a great characteristic to have. But on the other hand, you know, we would like to put ourselves in some better positions and don't have to do this on a weekly basis. But at the same time, nice to come back, uh, nice to get a point, and you know, keep pushing the right direction. But if, if you were Palace conceding these late goals, then you'd be frustrated, wouldn't you? Being two one up as someone like Bournemouth yeah. and not coming away with the points. Yeah, of course. You know, I think. Um, it's a difficult one to take. Um, like I said, it's a better point for us in the end, probably than Palace. And as Selzy says, I think um, we've been in that position a few times this year. When you don't kill the game off, when you can, and it's always going to come back, back and bite you. Uh, why do we keep conceding these late goals, Selzy? Because that, that's that's a fair few points now this season we've dropped from from late goals. Yeah, but in, to balance that, we've won a few points this season late in games at home to West Ham, at home to Stoke, and stuff like that. So. I don't subscribe to the view that it's only us and it goes against us all the time. But, I mean, there's been a few, hasn't there? Newcastle was late. 
they're, they're, that's certainly been the case. But I thought today, you know, we've got ourselves to blame a little bit because when we're in the ascendancy, if you don't make it stick, mm-hmm. football has a habit of biting you on the backside, and uh, it certainly did, didn't it? Yeah, and I mean that's over again from from Van Aanholt when he raises clear as a goalkeeper. Do you know what he's going to do? Do you know he's going to go low? Or are you making yourself big? What, what are you thinking in that moment? No, I don't think necessarily. No, I think it's just um, a case of obviously he's the favourite. He's one on one. You know, his his favourite to score. So all you can do as a goalkeeper is trying to make it difficult, make yourself as big as possible, wait as long as possible to try not make up his mind. And um, you know, today obviously works work in my favour, so I'll take it. Will goal as well, so the second one where he spins and, and flicks. You're going to say there's a deflection, I'm sure, on that. Well, there was. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big one as well. Completely wrong foot of me. Do you think you'd, you'd have got to it if, if that hadn't been? Yeah, no, I think that was a straightforward shot. Um, but obviously, he strikes Steve Cook's chest, and as I'm going left, it goes way to my right. And But, you know, fair play to Wilf. He shoots, you know. When you shoot, you never know, and things can happen like that. Will, I feel like with Bournemouth Palace, Wilf is always involved, isn't he? Whether he's winning penalties or scoring goals. Uh, and I spoke to Eddie Howe after the game and he was saying he's, Wilf is one of the hardest players to play against do you agree with that? Yeah I mean he's listen at the end of the day he's a top player um, top attacking player he can do anything one on one very strong um, very good pace so he's obviously difficult to de- deal with in a counter attack and just a top player yeah I mean I think in general we we kept him pretty quiet we, we kept him under check and in control but it just takes that one moment and you know he got a bit of luck on that one and that's, uh, that's how he goes and yet, I mean, as is right, Wilf was, was off the ball today, but again, you give him that half a chance yeah, and he'll still make things happen. He's always got something. The goal was quite strange because I was saying to JD Senior, he did that sort of drag back and the time almost stood still for a split second after he did the drag back yeah. as everyone sort of drew breath and the shot was like a sort of bullet from a gun, wasn't it? You know, bang, no back lift and uh, ended up in the net. But I, I have to say, I, I still felt at that point we weren't entirely comfortable and... The game was a bit sort of uh, too open, end-to-end, helter-skelter, whatever you want to call it. And it was, you know, anything could happen. And actually when it went 2-2 and they had the free kick in the last seconds of uh, of uh, stoppage time, I was actually uh, waiting for the ultimate kick in the plums as he would bend it over the wall into the top corner, to be honest. Yeah, that was Ryan Fraser, wasn't yeah. it? Did you, did you guys believe that you, you would keep getting someone from, from this game even yeah, no. behind twice no we, we do um, we've done it in the past but we do we, we have that like I said character and spirit that we that we know we can do it we have the quality uh, I think our subs made a big difference I think maybe that was a little difference in the teams um, our bench was you know strong but it could have been stronger we've had some we had a couple injuries as well and um, you know Kingy and um, Elise Moussa coming on made a big difference for us and um, that helped us as well speaking of subs no subs again from Roy do you think there could have been changes earlier potentially Selzy? Um, I think probably Reid avowed to shore things up a little bit might have been the way and perhaps in hindsight it's always difficult isn't it because you know you're damned if you do and damned if you don't to a degree aren't you because if you change it and the result goes against you the first thing everybody's going to say is well what do you do that for it was going alright and why do you want to do that but then the other way like this you know, perhaps it could be deemed to be more professional to try and see out the game in that fashion. But we were still creating chances on the counter-attack and actually a third goal probably would have put the game to, to rest. But it, it didn't happen. But, you know, I, they're in good form. They've, what's, two in 15, two defeats in 15? Two in 15, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's some going in the Premier League, isn't it? You know, that's a third of the season. 
So Bournemouth lost six games at the, in that, uh, you know, over a season with three runs like that. You'd be over the moon at the start, and you'd snatch your hand off, wouldn't you? And do you know, Selzy, the last time that we lost away at Bournemouth? I don't actually. I'm trying really? to think. Yeah, I thought you would know the not, The Encyclopedia of Crystal Palace. Not, yeah, it's not like me. I can remember coming here in the 80s and us being 2 0 down and winning 3 2, and all the goals, I think, were in the first half. Okay. And it was a weird game then, but I, I can't think the last time we got beat here, actually. It was 1989. Was it? Yeah. Was it 2 0? I'm not. I don't know. I've got a shout in the back. I think it was. November 1988. No, I, think it was a t- I think it was a 2-0 defeat now you say that to oh, me. Right, yeah, so come I'm going to gonna, gonna check that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think that might be right. I was 18, yeah. So. Yeah, because our record against Bournemouth is actually it's, it's not bad over the last couple of seasons, is it? We we won here last time, we got a draw. I think we lost at home in under Pardew. But actually, our record against them isn't bad. Yeah, this is the third season they've been up. So we've, we're unbeaten here, two draws and a victory. And at home, I think we've... Did we lose... Two draws and a was two draw yeah it was a one all draw we missed penalties in uh, yeah. Kabai missed one that was saved by Arthur Boach and then Ben Teke obviously missed one some other bloke saved it earlier in the season didn't he <laughs> at least I made him buy me dinner afterwards though <laughs> <laughs> worked out well for you didn't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ruben up, for, up top today no Ben Teke do you think he did well bearing in mind slightly out of position I'm a fan of Rubens, to be honest. I mean, Az talked to me a bit about him in the summer when he came and said that he thinks he's a top player and uh, would do a great job for us from his experience at Chelsea. And I think we're a better team with him in it. He's strong, he's powerful. And and again, you know, the shape Roy was forced into employing today with MacArthur and Loftus-Cheek with the two wide players up front, if you like, it's not been everybody's cup of tea and actually earlier in the season I was thinking our best shape is with Wilf and Townsend and Loftus-Cheek as a number 10 with uh, Ben Teke but to be honest Roy's achieved these results playing this way so it's very hard to be critical because that's actually the way it's worked out for us and we had that very good run where I don't know we went about 10-12 games didn't we for the Arsenal game at Christmas Unbeaten, and that seemed to that formula seemed to work for us. And Asmir, when when you're playing against a team with Benteke, and then he's not playing, does that change defensively the way you set up against a team like Palace? Yeah, I think um, definitely changes your approach. I think the the two guys up front causes problems today with their movement. You know, I think when Benteke plays, you have a centre forward like that. There's a more focal point to to the attack, so you can your distance is a bit better. But when when the the front man keeps going wide and dragging players out of position, it makes it very difficult for us and. You know that that that's that's a challenge we're provided with today. But like I thought, you know, in general, we were okay once the goal went in. Obviously, we opened up a bit more. But you know, th- those two guys up front uh, created a big threat. Um, like like you said, Ruben comes from the other side; he can cut in. Um, you know, so there's definitely a lot of threats. You know, it's huge attacking threats for Palace. And obviously, you guys are four or five points, I think, ahead of us in the table potentially. So you're probably more, seven. Think is it seven, seven? Is it okay? You got thirty-eight or something yeah. now. Yeah. So you're you're looking alright, I'd imagine. Yeah. But what, what are your thoughts on, on Palace going into the last five games of the season? And, and this well, I think Salzi so, and I had a chat the other day. I think listen, you have five five big games. Obviously, that goes without saying. But I think if you were you know, with the start you had and everything else, if you were in this position now with those five games, you know, you fancy yourself to stay up. And I, I think with the quality you guys have, um, you should do those games, but they need to be played and uh, need to be performed in and, and done the right thing. So it's difficult, easy to say now, but you know, I think you're as good a position as you could hope for, and I think uh, I think you'll be okay.
Good. Well, hopefully that'll make everyone feel a bit better, won't it, Sally? I think we should be all right, but we shouldn't really be where we are, I don't think, already. And just listening to Az and his view on us, it's, it's quite good to hear from, from somebody else because obviously we're very... Uh, Crystal Palace, let's say, in our thought process and our mind. So, and I, you know, interesting that as was saying about the sort of movement of the two forward players, it becomes a sort of trade-off situation for me because we have more mobility and look more exciting. But often, Wilfred and Andros Townsend are picking the ball up very wide, and they're delivering balls in the box, and there isn't that body in the box to get on the end of them. So that's the. That's the trade-off, and you're reliant on your midfield players sort of flooding the box and making sure you get bodies in there to uh, to finish off the chances. But we did look a threat. and I don't know how many saves you made today, but it must have been half a dozen or something where we, we've had some very decent chances to sort of finish the game, really. And that's it. You know, when you're in the ascendancy, make it stick or you get your comeuppance. And unfortunately, that sort of... For me, I had a feeling like it was coming. Yeah. I have to say, I really enjoyed the game. I thought it was a fantastic game. Exciting, you know, real, real good game. These games always are with Bournemouth Palace. Um, Asmi, I think we'll let you go for part two, but thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Good luck. Oh, Thank you very much. And uh, let's hear from Roy. This is what Roy thought uh, of today's two-all draw at the Vitality. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Of course, of course. We play very well. That's happened a lot recently, hasn't it? Yes. It must be frustrating from your point of view. Well, not just my point of view, from the team's point of view as well. They must be very disappointed themselves and frustrated. They couldn't hold on to the hold on to the lead on two occasions and we certainly created enough chances to put the game to bed in actual fact, but we didn't take them and as a result you always liable from a corner mm. kick or a free kick or something late in the game to concede and that's what happened to us, we conceded from the corner kicker. The young lad lost his marker and uh, that's the end of it, you know, in the, in the, what was it, the 88th or something, 89th minute. But I thought the team played very well up to then and if we can continue to play like that in the next five games, we've got to believe we can take enough points. For those reasons, I was going to ask you if that performance and the ones you've had recently are enough to give you confidence that you will stay up? I've got confidence in the team and I think the team show they got confidence in themselves. I think the way we played our football today showed that. But uh, it's going to be a dogfight with all the teams down there and basically it, it can boil down to the fact that you you score some lucky goals or you survive some some really hairy escapes. I mean, I thought today that you know there wasn't that many attempts at our goal that really worried me. I think they, we had lots of attempts at their goal which must have worried Eddie Howe and his coaching staff. Um, it's a long while since I've actually thought we've been really outplayed by an opponent. Chelsea, certainly in the first half, did it. But even the games against Liverpool, Manchester United, Tottenham, I haven't really felt we've been outplayed. So we've got to believe if we keep doing that, we, we'll get the results we need. Do you think you could have had a penalty when Simon Francis clashed with Zaha in the second half? It was close, wasn't it? It was close. We'll have to look at it again. Uh, you know, the referee said that, uh, or the assistant referee, the fourth official said he, he got the ball first, but uh, that didn't stop them getting a free kick in the last minute when Topkins got the ball first. I don't quite know what the difference between those two situations was.
Right, welcome back to the Five Year Plan Extra podcast here at the Vitality uh, Palace of Drawn 2-2. This pod is sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography for professional photography of weddings and more. Go to mirandajanephotography.co.uk. And replacing Asmir Pegovic, I'll never say this in my life, is my dad, JD Senior. <laughs> Hi there. How are you? I'm very well, thank Got you. A bit more experience <laughs> in the second half. Not quite as good in goal, though, I don't think. Um, I don't know if he's worth a sales deal either, is he, JD Senior? <laughs> Are you um, are you feeling as as prickly as Roy was there? Roy was a bit a bit. Yeah, spicy no, I must be. As, as you know, Roy and I are almost exactly the same age. Uh, no, I'm not feeling half as prickly as Roy is. I, as Selzy said, I really enjoyed that game, particularly that second half. First half, you know, wasn't so good. But second half, it was clearly a good game. But obviously, desperately frustrated. We should give away the goal so near the end when you're thinking, well, we might have got three points. Yeah. It seems to be. Uh, Deja vu. And why do you think? Why, well, we've talked it in part one as well. But why, why do you think it is that we do seem to let in late goals? If I knew, I'd tell Ryan how to stop it. It's the honest truth. I don't know why it is. Um, we were playing very sensibly, actually, in the f- few minutes before that, knocking the ball back, back and forth across round about the halfway line, just making sure we didn't lose it. Gave away a slightly careless pass, got the ball down the other end, and that was the result. Uh, desperately frustrating. Even more so, as told Selzy, some behind, someone behind me shouted as the corner was given. We never bloody scored a corner, so we knew what was going to happen. <laughs> the thing is, though, Selzy, there is there's so much potential in this team. We say it every week. There's so much ability, and we have to. And again, someone said this to Roy in his um, in the Mondays in the embargo bit. You have to take that momentum, don't you? You have to take the positivity and take it into the next five games, rather than the frustration of again letting in late goal. Yeah, you know my feelings, and I've said to you all season, with everybody fit and firing, we're a top-half team outside the top six. I think we're as good as sort of Everton uh, and the cluster of clubs, Leicester and and co, that are in there, really. But with the injuries and the terrible start we've had with Frank De Boer, that sort of left us playing catch-up a little bit. And then when we found that bit of form in mid-season and we had fit players, I really fancied our chances. And I mean, today... Let's be fair, we didn't have a terrible team on the pitch. But, you know, still eight players, I think, we couldn't call on. So, you know, but, you know, this is the Premier League. That's why you have a 25-man squad. But, you know, in fairness to Roy, you know, no Benteke, no Sorlot, no Wickham, no Bakary Sacco. And I have to say, we've actually missed Bakary Sacco in this part of the season. You know, from being a, a figure, a peripheral figure, really, in the first sort of early weeks of the season as soon as he was converted into a sort of striking role he did very very well for us and was a bit of a handful and actually I'd have to say I think he's been our best striker this season over the over the sort of 30 odd games so you know it, it has been a loss but in all honesty well we've got five five games left if we don't pick up the points from those five games to, to get us safe, we deserve to go down. To be fair, Bakary Sacco's influence was there in Wilf's new hairstyle. True. Which is a bit, it's very Bakary. I was impressed the fact that he goes on holiday and wears his Palace shirt on holiday or something. <laughs> he just loves playing for Palace, doesn't he? Absolute legend. Um, JD Sydney, let's get your thought on a couple of the incidents. The Wilf penalty shout, which was down that far end, where he sort of clashed with. Cook was it Cook? I think potentially. Yeah, I, I I didn't for one second think that that was a penalty. Not for a second, even with my Crystal Palace glasses on. Nothing like. Chelsea. No, I, I wasn't sure to be honest. But you've caught me out a couple of times recently with the uh, at the Chelsea game when we talked about 
the goal that was disallowed and I sort of from the angle I saw it I thought his foot was up but then having seen it back there was nothing wrong with it and it, it should have been allowed but yeah. you know that just shows you how hard it is for the referee that you know we can't call it without seeing it it's much uh, hindsight's a great thing isn't it it makes it very very easy to judge everything well, and it is at such a high speed in fact at half time when, when John Moss was coming off there was a Bournemouth fan down here who was livid with him and shouting at, shouting at him something, something about a yellow card or something. And as Moss came off, he was sort of pointing to himself going, me? Me? With a big smile on his face. I didn't, I didn't think he had a terrible game, actually. I'm not well, his, I'm not his number one fan. To. I didn't even like him in Culture Club, to be fair, but he was, uh, that's probably, too, you're probably too, too young. Straight over my head. That's gone right over your head. Your dad knows what I'm talking about. I think he was the bass player or something. Enders and Kevin would have absolutely loved that one. Yeah, they um, would have done. They would proper have done. 80s bit for you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Before your time. Brilliant. No, but he, I mean, he, was, he, was, fair, he was pretty fair. He, he, he let quite a lot go to that, actually, didn't he? I don't think I can think of any decision he made that, that really riled me. Yeah. Yes, you always feel there's a couple he's got wrong, but nothing that you thought was uh, of any real importance. Yeah. Well, given last week's debacle, I think we can probably say we did all right with the referee today, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, we did. We did. But you, you know going into these games, JD, that, that Wilf is always going to be involved, isn't he? In something, scoring goals, penalty shouts, yeah, whatever. He's yeah, always yeah. centre of attention, especially Yes, it's the nature of the type of player is and the, the way he plays. Yes, he's always going to be involved. I thought he got um, a little bit too involved, actually, today. He should have calmed himself down. Yeah, that's where Damien Delaney so good, coming and immediately putting an arm around him, and that's what he needed. And uh, one or two of the... Well, in fact, Wilf is one of the senior players now, really, so she can't really say one of the senior players. Yes, he just... Yes, he can make his point, but... Just then, lay off, stand back, and leave it to the ref. I was, yeah. I was a bit, a bit irritated in a couple of times. I, I think the thing is that the passion element and players, a lot of players play sort of right on the edge, don't they? And that, uh, that's what makes them sometimes what they are. I can think back sort of 30 years and think that Ian Wright was not dissimilar at times, you know, when he was wearing a Crystal Palace shirt and, you know, he was a sort of uh, very passionate and sometimes crossed the line and uh, the red mist descended but uh, you know Wilf needs that sort of spark I think to uh, to to get him going and to feel that sort of uh, that passion and play with that edge really to give us our, our thing and I thought you know, in fairness he and Townsend you know they were a threat today for the opposition and as, as alluded to earlier you know that's it's encouraging that uh, that we looked like we had goals in us today anyway. Yeah, and actually after the... He sort of had a clash with Lewis Cook earlier and I said to one of the guys next to me, this, this game's going to go two ways with Wilf. He's either going to use that to fire him on and score a goal or be involved or he's going to go into a shell. And actually, JD, he sort of did both a little bit, didn't he? He did, he did see him back off a, um, after that clash for a little while. Sulk, I suppose you'd call it. But yes, as Selzy said, yes, he had passion and you do like that. As I said, my only thing is I think just occasionally just ought to calm it down but yes you want him to keep that passion to re- re- really care because without that he'll, he'll end up being useless because of the type of player he is it, it just wouldn't be Zaha yeah. no he wouldn't absolutely right ok and we wouldn't be the FYP podcast without oh, I was trying to think of a pun finishing now I don't know Whatever. anyway that's the end of the podcast Elsie <laughs> you did a top job yeah. James don't thanks worry. mate uh, recording this one there's only two James Dailies after today oh we haven't even right? spoken about no, no. James Daly your namesake being on the bench yeah. I saw your tweet earlier, which got a rousing response, didn't it? About doesn't look anything like me. And, uh, the pelters that came with it. Depressingly, he, he's he's 
better looking and much better at football than I am. Um, but it wasn't just quickly on him then, JD. It wasn't the game for him, was it today? You can see why he was on the bench, obviously, but it, it was not absolutely right. Game. We, we, there, there was no point in that game where you'd ever brought him on, and it would have been wrong to do so. To be fair, it would be unfair on him, I think, among other things. I mean, it was very weird to see James Daly's name on the team sheet. I mean, I spent years hoping that would happen, Selzy, so and it finally. It's a long way from White Leafs reserves, JD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, playing with but Phil. I, I hear. I spoke to Dino during the week, and. Uh, He's very, very positive about him. I think he's made a very good impression on the management team from what he said. You know, they love his sort of industry and his desire. And I think that's really up Roy Street. We talked before about James MacArthur being his sort of model player, if you like, and you can see that he, he tends to prefer that sort of very industrious driven player that he knows what, what he's going to get from him, really. I think that's really Roy's, Roy's way of doing things. Yeah, so I suspect we, we might see more of him in the future potentially well I hope so you know let's see if we can uh, there's not too much at stake at the end of the season he's still uh, making that impression we might see him for a few minutes on the pitch mightn't we and I'll be the second most known James Daly at Crystal Palace um, anyway guys thanks very much for joining us you're very welcome and uh, listeners thanks very much we'll be with you uh, yeah, back with you with the full pod uh, this week as well so look out for that uh, five games to go I'm sure we can do it anyway either way keep the faith see you later My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Sports Social Podcast Network.